Hey everybody, welcome to the Patty G Show. I'm your host, Patty G. We are here with the myth, the legend that is Kay Godan. Um, we're going to talk about limousine services. We're going to talk about um, burial services. We're going to talk about shifting dynamics from one company to another company and how you make those assets work. And ultimately, what it's like being in a family business and stepping out on your own. So before we get started and get into all of that, I want to give a big shout out to the amazing folks that make this show possible. Government Taco, Falaya Real Estate, Mallard Bay Outdoors, Horizon Financial Group, Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge, and Currency Bank. Without further ado, Kay, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. That's awesome. I'm excited to have you. We were highly recommended by a certain individual who is prominent in the business community here in Baton Rouge, um, a, a bank teller, measly old bank teller here in Baton Rouge, mm -hmm. um, your husband, Scott Godan. So I'm excited to hear about your businesses that you have and that you're a part of, not only by yourself, but also with your family. So for those that aren't aware, who are you and what do you do? Sure. So I am Kay Godan. And I have a business with my father and my aunt called Pro Limo. And it's a small business. And I have a 14-passenger bus and two eight-passenger limousines. Okay. And what types of services do you actually provide within this business? So for my limousine and bus service... I do a lot of weddings. Uh, primarily, uh, that's the most requested need for a limousine would be your wedding day. Also do birthday parties. Uh, prom season is really big for me as well. And uh, it's pretty seasonal, I would say, my private, the private sector of my limousine business. Um, when fall comes around, people need transportation to football games and concerts, Christmas parties. And um, then in the spring, weddings are super popular. And then summer is very slow for me. Uh, there's not a lot going on. I always tell people that I have the schedule of a teacher, really, that I kind of get a little bit of downtime in the summer because in the summertime, people are not looking to take a limousine or a bus for a night out on the town. They're going out of town. They're going right. on vacation. And so it's a really nice uh, schedule that I have because I'm able to work from home and be at home with my little boy in the summertime, which is a great perk of a working mom to be able to have that flexibility and that extra time with my son. So at home, what is it that you're you're working on, like planning the upcoming events, working calendars, answering the phone? What does that work from home schedule look like for you? Yep. So I do everything. I answer the phones. I make all the reservations. I do the payroll. I schedule all of my fabulous chauffeurs. I am just sort of a one-stop shop, do it all. Um, I don't drive very much. Sometimes I will drive. I will drive in the family component of my business, um, which is funerals, which is where my aunt and my father come into play. They're in the funeral aspect of the business. And sometimes I will drive a hearse on a funeral to help that part of the business out when needed. Okay, so what exactly your family does? Funeral homes? Yes. So how did we... How did how was that like coming up within that family model business? Have they always had it? Is it recent? Yes. 
Yes. So my family has been in the funeral business since 1850. Okay. So That's I am quite a actually, long time. it's, it's really a cool thing. Um, I saw an article just recently, the oldest businesses in the whole entire country. And my family was listed on that list, um, which is super cool. So I am seventh generation uh, to be working in the family business. Now, my part in the family is a little bit different than my cousins or my brother or my aunt or my father. They all do just funerals. They are funeral directors. They work at the cemetery. They work at the cremation um, business. And I just provide the car service and the drivers for their funeral needs. Um and then my personal part, which is the fun part, is the weddings, the proms, the homecomings, the birthday parties, things like that. So how did you end up with that side of the business? I mean, seven generations, that's a lot of family members yes. to be involved. Sure, it is. And uh, I, my major in college, I went to the University of Southern Mississippi. So that's uh, Go Eagles, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is really cool to... Uh, to go to college out of town, I think is really cool because most of my friends, almost everybody went to high school with, went to LSU and I went somewhere else, which ended up being the best thing for me to do. And so I went to Southern Miss and I got a degree in hospitality management and went into the hotel business. I was uh, recruited out of college to work at Sandestin Golf and Beach Resort which was a fantastic job right out of college. Oh my gosh, yeah. Moving to the beach, getting to be a beach bum. Uh, was in beach employee, right? Beach bum. Right, yeah, yeah. We'll see. <laughs> uh, it worked out great. And uh, I lived down in Destin for several years. And meanwhile, my father kept saying, okay, you need to come home. You need to join the family business. You know, that's enough playtime over there in Destin. You know, you need to come home, uh, Destin. That's not the real world, is what he'd tell me. And, uh, well, it's got to be the real world for somebody. It might as well be me. Hey. And uh, he kept saying, no, we, we'd love for you to come home and, you know, put your uh, hospitality skills to work in our family businesses. And it just wasn't on my heart to be a funeral director. And I just said, you know, Dad, it's just, I just don't think it's me. I'm a little too loud. I laugh a little too much. I don't know that I can really offer the, the sympathy um, that maybe families are looking for in that time of need. But if the limo job ever comes available, then let me know. And so after six or seven years in Destin, the limo job became available. The manager that they had at the time um, left and they said, hey, we'd like you to come interview for the job if you're ready. And at the time I said, you know, I think it might be time to come home. And so came home, interviewed for the job, got the job and have <laughs> been here ever since. They did. They did. <laughs> they made me interview. Um, there were other uh, funeral homes involved in the decision. At okay. the time, okay. Pro Limo was comprised of five or six funeral homes because uh, funeral homes don't need cars all the time. They may need them once a week, three times a week, four times a week. There's no way to tell. There's no way to predict that. And so a big group of funeral homes got together and bought all of these cars. So when I first started with Prolimo, I had eight limousines, six hearses, 
a sedan, a Yukon, and I dispatched those cars to funerals um, all in our region. To that's a fleet. It, yes, so that I had a, a huge I had a, fleet. I had a warehouse in Denham Springs, a warehouse full of cars, okay. and uh, just went to work every day to this warehouse. Brought my dog with me. I had a hundred pound black lab that <laughs> I brought smokes. to work with me every day. The drivers loved her. It was great. And I uh, did that for a few years. And the, the scope of the funeral business has really changed over the past decade. People used to have um, really big funerals with a hearse and a procession and limousines. And now a large majority um, of people opt to be cremated. And so when you have that cremation and if you have a celebration of life or you decide to have something after the fact, you don't need all that, all those cars anymore. And so the, all the funeral homes that were owners in ProLimo got together and decided, hey, you know, this is a big operation. We don't really need all this anymore. Let's just break up the business and we'll each take a hearse and a okay. limo. And no one was interested in keeping the private aspect of the business alive. They just want to do their funerals and they're not interested in proms and homecomings and weddings and football games. They're yeah. not interested in that. And, um, but I was, because that's the whole reason that I had gone to the business to begin with. And so um, I had a talk with uh, the board and we decided that my family um, we would like to keep the private sector of the business if that was okay with everyone. And so at that point, I bought into the business and bought the cars uh, that would come to us and became an owner in ProLimo. Okay. So you bought into it once they decided this is too much of an operation. Yes. I mean, that I, I get it. I always thought that the limo services went with the funeral home, so I guess there was a point in time where they weren't. Right. They were all contracted out through the same That's business right. that they all had ownership yes. in. That's right. And I still actually do um, funeral work for other funeral homes outside of my family's. So some of the uh, funeral homes that were owners, they still rent from me when they have extra car needs, as well as some other local funeral homes that don't have, um, that don't own their own limos or buses or things like that. They still contract me out for their funerals. So I do a lot of um, funeral business uh, during the week and um, a lot of the fun stuff on Friday and Saturday <laughs> night. <laughs> Which, which do you look forward to more, the, the during the week part or the weekend part? Um, I like the week part. <laughs> I like the week part. Um, some Friday and Saturday nights, I'm up pretty late. I imagine Checking so. in with drivers and making sure that my customers are safe and sound. And so as I've, I've gotten older, those later nights are not as exciting to me as they once were. And I like to get to bed a little earlier. So <clears throat> the, week, the week works really well for me. Yeah, I can. Uh, I don't blame you for that. That's mm -hmm. look, eight thirty, nine o'clock. That's about the peak time yeah, in the it. evening in which I'll be awake. That's right. Before turning in, so I definitely understand the no longer looking for those eleven, twelve, one a.m. nights of making sure that the vehicles are back where they need to be, the customers got dropped off safe and sound, and just checking in on everybody. Yes. So, but that must mean that like your your full time season is during the week like you've got all the funerals and everything so it's mm -hmm. like a constantly busy cycle yes. whereas for some people that are just in the like the sprinter van game for example mm -hmm. that's a big thing that people like doing nowadays is yes. taking a sprinter van with some friends and go and do something whether it be a party bus or just a plain sprinter van that's yes. their 
ideal mode of transportation now is getting 10, yes. 15 people in a van and going, but they don't have that week to week operations like you would. Right. That's correct. Yeah. I have some wonderful customers uh, that are regulars with my 14 passenger bus and they get groups together and go to concerts in Lafayette and New Orleans and they send me a couple dates and just book because they just say that's the way to go. It's so much safer and cheaper than renting hotels in New Orleans and parking. And, um, you know, when they rent the bus, they're able to take off, have lots of fun. Nobody has the worry of driving. And then they're all back home in their own beds to their kids and their dogs and everything else and get to wake up at home. So I have quite a bit of uh, regular customers, which is wonderful. Oh, yeah. The the bus game or the sprinter game, whichever one people prefer, that getting a group of people together to go do an event or go to a concert is like the best thing for the money that is yes. possible. Like we were talking about this last week before we recorded with Barrett and our past guest that the sprinter game for like Mardi Gras mm-hmm. is just you don't have to worry about parking. Yes. You don't have to worry about going to and from. And then the amount that they would charge you for a hotel room. That's right. Nowhere comes near the amount that you got to pay for a sprinter van or even your bus. Yes. That the fact of everybody's splitting it up. That's it's right. like, why not be safe and sleep in your own bed? Yes. So get a bus or something. That's like right. That. I already have a reservation for Mardi Gras next year. <clears throat> they called too late and said, okay, I want to go. I know I want to book. I want to use your services. <laughs> is it, when is it too early? Can I go ahead and book? Here's We already know the date of our ball. Here's the date. Let's go ahead and reserve it now for next year. Oh, yeah. And y'all's, y'all's bus is quite nice. Yes, I saw some is. pictures. It, it is. is It is not like a school bus. That's right. It That's is a right. luxury bus. So it is. It is. So what's different about my bus as opposed to a Sprinter is a Sprinter, um, most of them have a J-shaped seat or an L-shaped seat. Mm-hmm. And so somebody is riding backwards. Somebody's riding sideways. Um, there are certainly seatbelts in those vehicles, but they're not really accessible. My seats are forward-facing. Um, safety is very important to me and my customers, and I do like them to be able to buckle up. And so uh, my bus is perfect for that trip to New Orleans, that trip to you know Lafayette, something when you're on the road, you're on the highway, you don't want to be riding sideways or backwards, and you want the safety and the security of being able to buckle up safely. So I have a lot of customers who really appreciate the safety aspect that I have a lot of people uh, parents will like to put their kids in it for prom and whatever else because they like the idea of their kids buckled and safe and not you know standing up and walking around in a vehicle on the interstate yeah because that can get kind of squirrely in yeah. traffic yeah. <laughs> especially if it's raining right. you know as Baton Rouge people we're great at driving in the rain right. yes. <laughs> so when deciding to go to college out of state mm-hmm. with a business that is seven generations deep, mm-hmm. how did your family take that? Yeah, so there were some mixed emotions about that. Um, it, Southern Miss is in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, mm-hmm. so it's close enough, but it's far enough away. So it's, <laughs> only, it's only two and a half, three hours away, and so mm-hmm. there wasn't any time to drop in as a visitor you know you'd have to plan that out and so I could still get the independence uh, that I was looking for and grow um, but I could still come home and cry to mom and dad on the weekend if I needed to it was just the perfect mix of being uh, close enough but far enough yeah you could have that delicate balance of going home on the weekends if you wanted to that's right but still feeling that independence 
element of I'm away from home. I'm on my own. I got to do me. Right. So I I lived at home while going to college. So it was a yeah. little bit different <laughs> of a story there. Um, so what made you want to go out to, I mean, out, outside of being like, were you targeted for the Sandestin job or did you mm-hmm. apply out to Sandestin? Yeah, so uh, there were recruitment fairs <clears throat> that came to a Southern Miss and Sandestin was one of the recruiters that really looked for Southern Miss hospitality management students. Southern Miss had such a great program with all of the casinos on the coast. And hospitality is a huge industry in Mississippi. And so people from all over the country, I mean, big, huge chain restaurants, big resorts would come to Southern Miss to try to recruit their hospitality students. I had no idea that was a thing. Yeah. So it's like a big hospitality program over there Mm -hmm. in Southern Miss. Yes, it's wonderful. Interesting. That's pretty cool, though. Yes. So they were they were at this career fair, and you were like, "Beach, Sandestin, yeah, I'm I'm in." Yeah, and I said, "This this this looks great. Uh, <laughs> this 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 could work." So what was it that you were applying for specifically? Because when people think of like a beach job, they yes. think of you know working in the booth on the beach or putting the chairs right. out. But I'm assuming it's something a little bit more intricate than that. Right. Very far from sitting on the beach. So the program was a manager and training program in their reservations department. And so okay. I started out in a cubicle answering a hundred phone calls a day. Thank you for calling Sandestin. This is Kay. How may I assist you? Hundreds of calls, um, helping people plan their vacations And after I was in that position for a while, I was promoted to a group reservationist, which was for the conventions. And I didn't deal with, you know, you and your wife coming on vacation anymore. I dealt with a meeting planner who was bringing in hundreds of rooms for the, you know, state bar convention. Yeah. And so I moved up to that. And then I... The next position I was promoted to out there was a property manager, and I had 150 um, condos on the resort that I managed and was the liaison between the owner of that condo and the resort, and that was really a fantastic job. So you were like top dog over there. Well, I don't know about all that, (laughs) but I had a lot of fun. I worked really hard. Played hard too, and it was a great scenario. So, um, so my transition into the limousine business. Well, how, outs- how long were you at Sandestin first? Uh, about six years. Six years. Okay, mm-hmm. so you you're yeah. half what you're like starting to have a career here at yes. this point. Yes. And then like it's and so people would say, well, how do you how did you go from that? How did you go from you know hotels into uh, limousines? And the transition was really easy and seamless. I went from selling a customer experience in a hotel or a resort just to selling a customer experience in a limousine. And so I just, instead of talking about the amenities that the resort had, I went to talking about the amenities of the limousine of, you know, you don't have to drive and you can rest and you can, you know, have fun and, you know, all those things. So it was a really easy transition to go from selling hospitality to, you know, selling hospitality in a limousine. And I was still in the event circuit. I was still in the hospitality circuit. And so it was a much easier transition than people, you know, thought it was going to be for me. So when you decided to go take that job in Sandestin, I mean, 
when we're talking about a family business, and I, I come from a family business, except not seven generations. We are, we're three generations, okay. so we're not quite that far down the line yet. But there is a lot of expectations sure. of going into the family business yes. before or after college, depending on what line of field you're in, whether you need a college degree or not. It's, you know, we've done this for generations. That's what we expect you to do. Sure. When battling those expectations and looking at this job, I mean, what was going through your head when making that decision of not going in the family business immediately? I mean, was there ever a thought that you're always going to end up there or that was a fallback plan? I mean, just what was that What was that headspace like of yeah. battling that? So I knew that if I were to end up working with the family, I would know when the time was right. And I also knew that they would know when the time is right. And they certainly um, didn't want to force anyone to work there. Uh, just as no employer wants that. Right, they want, right. you know, their em- employees Family to be, or not, you know, you, be happy. <laughs> you know they, they certainly, you know, want you to be happy and do what you want to do so that that shows to your customers and your clients. And so I knew that when the time came, I would know when it was the right time. And so like six years into it, you said, you know what? I'm done. I've climbed the ladder here. Yeah. Let's yeah. go back. And it was really interesting. Um, when I first came to Baton Rouge, um, something that we did in the hotel business, I'm sure they still do this, is it's called a familiarization tour. And you, as a sales manager, you call other hotels, your competitors, and you introduce yourself and you go and take a tour you meet the other sales directors that you're kind of competing against for rooms and you learn their hotel inside and out and not only to compete with them but also really to service your customers because you can't always please everyone and you may not have enough rooms at your hotel and you really need to have a good working relationship with another sales manager at another hotel so that you can keep your group happy and have overflow rooms or maybe that hotel can offer something to your guests that you don't have. And so I was used to working with other hotels, with other resorts and just really working together in the hospitality field um, to keep your clients happy. And so when I came to Baton Rouge, there was another company, and uh, I reached out to them, introduced myself just as I did in my hotel career, and said, hey, I'd love to come by. I'd love to see your fleet and meet some of your drivers and uh, see what you have in the event that I don't have anything to you know, service my customers with. I'd love to have somebody to refer business to. And the guy wrote me back and said, you just need to go ahead and shut your business down. And, and so I was really shocked by that because I was so used to a different, it's like open doors uh, all the time. And I was saying, yep, I was really shocked by that. And, um, so I, uh, took a deep breath and read the email a few times and, um, it ended up just giving me motivation, uh, to work harder, to get the job done and to continue to try to find other vendors that did want to work with me and that did want my uh, referral business. So I uh, wrote him back and uh, just said, well, I'm not planning on shutting down, but (laughs) I, I, I still would like to, you know, tour your business. And so he said, yeah, sure, you can come at such and such a time on whatever day. I went there. He wasn't there. 
Um, Naturally. And uh, one of his um, kind yeah. chauffeurs kind of showed me around, and, and that was fine. And, um, and so where that uh, it didn't do to me what he thought it was going to do. And it just motivated me even more. And I'll say, fast forwarding 15 years from that moment, one of my limousines is in the shop right now. And I'm having trouble finding a part. Another company, another transportation company, um, has taken my car into their space. And they're helping me to track down the parts to fix it. So it's incredible to think of how far I've come from, you know, someone telling me I just needed to go ahead and shut down to another owner of a transportation business saying, we're going to help you. We're going to get you back on the ground. You know, you know, your, your car is safe in my shop. You can park it over here until we can get those parts. And I got a few ideas of some things that I can help you. And so I think if you, if you keep trying, if you keep looking for the right people, you're going to find them. And that's something that my father always instilled in me in business and in personal uh, matters. He'd say, if you're doing the right thing for the right reasons, the right thing is going to happen. Yeah. And so I've just always uh, tried to stay true to that and to always do the right thing for the right reasons and keep looking for uh, what it is that I'm looking for. 100%. So I'm assuming that the business that's helping you now is not the same original person no. that told you to go ahead no, and shut your door. No, it is not. It is not. It is not. Um, but uh, th- to me, there's there's enough transportation needs in this town for everybody. And that's what I was about to ask was, looking back, you said it was 15 years ago mm-hmm. roughly. Do you think that the ecosystem and the landscape of the transportation business, the personal private transportation business, has evolved to the level where people are more open to be collaborative yes, or do. was it just that business in I particular? I do. And I'll tell you what uh, made the industry more collaborative and that's when Uber came to town. Oh yeah. Now uh, we got a different giant. Yes. We got a battle. So then that really made the transportation businesses really kind of come together and work together um, because of that service. Now as a whole, I think Uber is a wonderful thing. Um, it's, gets people where they need to go. There are studies that show, you know, I guess DWIs have really gone down since, you know, they kind of came into the game. But when they first did, the problem with Uber was the regulations. They were not regulated as much as me and my fellow transportation companies were. And so it's just taken a while through the years to get on more of a level playing field as far as what's required from us for taxes, you know, chauffeur, background checks, insurance, licensing. I mean, it was a tremendous gap in kind of what Uber was doing, being framed as a, um, like a tech business and an app and not a transportation business. And so it's taken a while to get all of that to work together. But now I think that uh, we're more in a happy median space of that. And plus my customers are not really Uber customers anyway because they're planning for a big event and they want a reservation and they want to, you know, or have, you know, a limousine in their pictures and the, or they want all their group together on my bus or, you know, something of that nature. So, but all that has uh, really worked its w- way out. Yeah, so on the Uber space, what was running, th- I mean, because I'm sure you, like with this business helping you with your limo, I'm sure there's some collaboration between transportation companies mm-hmm. about things they're seeing in the industry, trends they're seeing, 
whenever Uber came to on the scene, what kind of discussions were y'all having as a transportation community behind the doors? Like, what were y'all saying about this app coming in that people were picking up their phone? I got a 2016, you know, Nissan Altima. I can drive people. Sure. Like, what was going through your head at the time? And did y'all have collaboration between fellow competitors and organizations about, guys, this is this is going to be a big disruption. Sure. Well, yes. What was happening? What was and, going, what was happening? Sure. And so in Baton Rouge, it wasn't as much of a disruption as it was in the bigger cities and some big cities wouldn't allow them to come in because it was too much of a disruption. It was too much of a problem. And all the transportation companies were losing their drivers because the drivers were going to be, you know, independent contractors and work for themselves. And so some of the big uh, cities, I would say they had many more problems with it than we did in Baton Rouge, just being, you know, a small town, there wasn't as much of a need for it. But as far as the limousine groups that um, I was a part of nationwide, they really had all of the, you know, problems and difficulties and licensings and stuff that they had to work out with those bigger markets. Okay. And so have you seen people kind of, I know you said your customers in particular aren't necessarily the Uber drivers, but like, did you ever have any airport trips that people would request mm -hmm. your services for? Mm -hmm. Sure. And I still do. I still do airport trips, not as many as I used to, not to Baton Rouge. I don't do local um, transfers to okay. the Baton Rouge airport, but I still do them for mm -hmm. New Orleans because especially groups that are going on cruises. I get a lot of yeah. groups in my 14 passenger because they have a lot of luggage and I have a big luggage space. Uh, so really it's more New Orleans airport trips that I make. I don't make any to the Baton Rouge airport because it's just so easy yeah. with Uber. Well, and that's, we were, so we're, we're planning a trip in the next couple of weeks to go to um, the Glacier National Park and then to Banff. And so we've nice. got me, my wife, and my little one, and then our are my in-laws and so like we've got five sets of luggage mm -hmm. plus we've got to take a car seat yes we've got to take a stroller yes we've got to take a backpack carrier for the hiking so like we've got all this extra luggage yes and when looking at our options of paying to park your car at the airport versus getting transportation via uber or we're looking at well what is a private transportation service going to be sure you know and exploring those routes because for uber to get all of us in the same vehicle to get to the Baton Rouge airport is challenging sure. because you don't know if I say an Uber XL or an Uber XL black, whatever mm -hmm. it is, I need the biggest car. You don't know if it's going to be a, you know, Ford Explorer or just a Jeep Grand Cherokee that may not be able to fit all of us sure. and a car seat and our luggage. Sure. So it's like, we need a different mode of transportation. So for the single person, yeah, I'm going by myself. I'm flying from Baton Rouge to wherever. Yeah, it's it makes sense to use an Uber, but still to have all that luggage is like, no, we need we right. need an alternative that's mode right. of transportation to get us there. So that's what we're using is a different transportation method of getting in there without having that Uber factor. But in like you said, in the bigger cities, it's disrupting everything. Right. And so for here it's people are still looking for that element of I want something fancy. I mm -hmm. want something to have that limousine picture. Like, and with for Supper sure. Club, I mean, have y'all seen people start coming in and getting limousines to go to Supper Club for dinner on the weekends? Sure. We haven't had any reservations for Supper Club yet. Um, 
primarily it's when people go to dinner in St. Francisville. I have okay. a lot of limousines and bus reservations that go to the St. Francisville Inn. That's mm-hmm. kind of a hip spot right now. That's another thing that's really super fun with this business is I always am kind of the first to know of you know what, about you it. know what's the popular place and what's on the up and up because people don't want to drive there. You know, they want to be chauffeured there and have a good time. So that's always fun. So I will say I have quite a few reservations that are going out to St. Francisville right now. So what about like for sports seasons, for football games and everything? Do you all see kind of traffic start mm-hmm. picking up we and sure usage start picking up for that? Yeah, we do. And um, in fact, I'm talking with a gentleman right now who may want to just go ahead and book the whole season for his business. And so that would be great for me. Um, you know, corporate customers like that, that just want to get it taken care of, know that we're going to take care of it, know we're going to pick them up at the same spot every game day, drop them off at the same spot. They can entertain their clients, have them there. And uh, I'm looking forward to a football season. Oh, yeah. I think everybody this year is going to be great. It's going to be a good season. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. So when you came into the business, they were separating how the cars were going to be and going to different mm-hmm. funeral homes at that time. Mm-hmm. You've been with three cars for the entire 15 years or have you dwindled it or increased Mm -hmm. the the so i currently have two limousines and a bus and um a yukon and i'm just one limousine short from where i started okay um so um it's great i have a really fabulous customers almost all of my businesses word of mouth um which is great and um it's fun. It's a fun. It's a fun business to be in, especially with a kid at home and to be able to work from home. Uh, being a working mom is a whole nother. How is that ball game? <laughs> it's a whole. It's been interesting this summer. Uh, every time my little boy turns the corner into my office, he's got some different costume on and is excited about something, and I kind of have to, shh, shh, you know, just a minute. You know, I'm working, and. Um, but so when the phone's not ringing and I'm not making reservations, I get to go and jump in the fun with him. And uh, even this week he said, Mama, I'm so happy you work from home. And I said, I'm happy too. I'm happy yeah. too. That, that work from home shift has been a blessing for most Yeah. to be able to be at the house, take care of things, whether it's a, a mother at home or a father at home. It's been that I'm home. I can take care of the kids if need be and still get the work done. Yes. I mean, I know that's just been a huge help, especially for people in your position where it's, you can answer calls wherever. That's right. You can book trips wherever. You don't have to go into the office to settle things. That's right. And get everything booked up. So it's kind of convenient. Yes, it's great. It is wonderful. So are you at the point where with somebody booking a vehicle for all of football season, Mm -hmm. has that thought of like, maybe we need to start adding more vehicles Mm kind of crept up? Because you're one shy of where you started. Yeah. Has that, has that been explored or are you like, we're, we're happy with where we're at? Yeah, I'm happy with where I'm at. Um, I'm not saying I won't add a vehicle in the future, but for now it's just kind of, you know, it's the sweet spot of just what I can handle. (laughs) <laughs> it's just it's it's kind of just right where it is and as my little boy gets a little older he's eight he's going into the third grade and as he gets older he won't need as much of my attention and so you know I should be able to add something should I want to do that in the future and I think that element and that ability to recognize where I'm at in my business is good mm-hmm. we don't need to have hyper growth yes where we're at and able to maintain is a good thing. 
You know, mm-hmm. entrepreneurs may always want to say, what's that next level, that next peak or that next mm-hmm. elevation we can get to to continue to grow it? And that's all fine and dandy. But having that self-awareness of, no, where we're at now is good. Yeah. We, we, it's manageable. Yes. We can control it. And we have that balance, that element of not working too much, but also not being able to work because there's not enough work coming in. It's a controlled growth and saying, look, we can grow at our own pace. And right now in my life, this is where I need to be. I need to be with this many vehicles in my fleet. And because I know it takes this amount of time to work each day and plan everything out. And I think that is something that a lot of entrepreneurs maybe don't talk enough about. Sure. Is that level of we're good where we're at. Mm -hmm. We don't need to go and double or triple the fleet in order for us to be happy because we want that balance. Yeah. Because you lose the balance. It's either you have the balance or you'll lose it for the company. Mm-hmm. And it's tough. Yeah. So what has that been like for you? I mean, has that been how part of how you balance your work-life situation is making sure that you're growing what you can handle? Yeah, I definitely um, have, particularly over the past year, a year or two, just to stay right at what I can handle because my husband was working on starting a business, getting a business together, um, Currency Bank. And so most of our growth and focus growing businesses right now in our family has been on his business. And uh, I definitely have had to keep my business right where it is in order to support him in his growth and his business. Yeah. And it's that give and take within a relationship. That's That's right. You got You both got to be upfront and open and have lots of discussions about the decisions being made in the household. That's right. And he's supercharged about growing his business. I always tell people that he reminds me of Jackie Chan. You know <laughs> okay. that that move that move that he does when he's on his back and kind of flips to his feet mm-hmm. really fast. That's what Scott looks like getting out of bed in the morning. Um, he's so excited and so charged up to get up and go to work and grow his bank and grow his business uh, that it's been really cool to watch. It's been cool to watch him as an entrepreneur and know how he wanted to build his business, who he was going to build it with, and uh, the customers that he wanted to go after. It's just been amazing to watch his growth and him grow a business, which is inspiring to me for my business whenever you know, my turn rolls back around to be able to grow mine. Uh, it's been really cool to watch him grow his. What What's the dynamic of a dual entrepreneurship household? How is that? Yeah, so it's, it's interesting. Um, Scott asks me a lot of marketing questions and uh, which is cool. And I'm able to ask him numbers, questions about setting my rates or you know, with the gas prices gone up and how much do I need to increase my rates. So it's uh, it's really cool because our, our kind of specialties in our business is both very different. And so we're able to play off of each other. The, the numbers game that I need from him and the hospitality marketing side that he needs from me, and it's a real good ebb and flow of us talking about our businesses back and forth. Yeah, you get to bounce off ideas and say, hey, yes. what, let's try this. What, what, what have you run up into this? Because... You've been in this industry for 15 plus mm-hmm. years now, and it's he's just at the point where the bank is just starting. So he's he's been in banking for however long he's been yes. in, but it's at the point now where he's running the show. Right, you but know? in the and, role that he's in. Yeah, right. within his role, it's like, okay, we have to run this thing now. So it's different than 
be an employee. Now he's like, oh, I'm an owner. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. It's a shift. That's right. It is a shift. So it's it's good that you have that collaborative ability of saying, oh, no, I've done this and I've done that and able to bounce off the ideas. Yeah. So when you came back from the Sandes and you did your interview, by the way, I love, I think it's hysterical, the fact that they interviewed you. They did. <laughs> like and, and it was a serious like, interview. I mean, they asked me very serious interview questions. Well, And I think that element of a family business is important mm-hmm. to have something formal like that. Mm-hmm. Because if not, the employees may... They could they could have the possibility of building a resentment sure. towards somebody coming in absolutely because you've been all, at their eyes right you've been a beach bum for the That's last right. six years right who is this girl who they, is this they girl? have no idea of everything that I was doing at the resort you know who is this girl coming in and there was something that my grandfather told me uh, that really really stuck with me when I first started at ProLimo. Um, we had a little chat in his office and he told me how excited he was to finally have me back home and on the team and that he hoped that I would eventually do more with the business, you know, AKA be a funeral director. That's, that's right. That's, that's really why we've recruited you here. Pro limos, your and, foot in the door. Right, your foot in the door, but we'd like you to do more. And uh, he said, what you need to do is, is make sure that your employees know that they do not work for you, that you work with them. And I always made that my mission and still do to know that. And I've got five or six chauffeurs that have been with me over 10 years. And so I think that I have uh, kept to my promise to him and taken that advice seriously for them to know that I am working absolutely with them. I help them get the cars ready. I'll, when I have the opportunity, I'll wash the cars, vacuum the cars. They'll come ride by my house and I'll jump in and, you know, throw balloons in for a birthday that I've blown up and help them, help them decorate and uh, help them be in contact with their customers. And so that's just something I've really always tried my best to do is know for my employees to know that I'm working with them. Yeah. And that's, and with any business, if you come in, you've got to have that mentality. Right. You've got to have that mindset of, I'm here with you. Right. You're it not takes us all. It, it's, right. it's all of us. It's not the K show. Oh, gosh. No, no. it's certainly not. <laughs> it, it's getting everything in order in a row. And it takes a community yes. to grow a business and to sustain a business for 15 years. I mean, that's not, that's, that's not something everybody can accomplish, mm-hmm. is maintaining a business for that long. But also, like, within the family dynamic, it's so easy to go in and out of the business mm-hmm. because it's family, right? right? And everybody, you know, you got to, when your family says, hey, look, I'm going to go and try my own thing, yep, go try your own thing. And when they come back, yep, come on back, come on back. H- here's your sure. position. But it's it takes the ability and the self-awareness to know, okay, I can't just come in and be, oh, I'm... I'm the boss. I'm the owner. Right. You're gonna do what I. You're gonna do what I say, and that's gonna be it. It's got to be that. No, I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm here with you. We're we're all in this together. I will wash cars, clean cars, whatever it may take. I'm here for it. I'm not just the 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 daughter or the granddaughter. And right. I'm just coming into the business. That's right. Because there is that. I think within family businesses, the employees can have that resentment Mm -hmm. if you've been gone out of the picture for so long and they've been there Mm -hmm. especially the ones that if you've been gone for six years and they've been working for eight and you come back Mm -hmm. in and you're like all right i'm your manager now right what what Mm -hmm. happened yeah it's not easy Mm -hmm. coming back into the picture yeah so 
how has the family dynamic been with passing on that that generational step of the funeral homes within your family? Mm-hmm. So uh, my father is um, looking forward to giving more responsibility <laughs> um, to our younger generation. And uh, we'll see what happens. How many of y'all are there? Um, in the funeral home, uh, my brother works there and two of my first cousins. Okay. So four, so three, three mm-hmm, of y'all. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so do they... And then me being kind of the outlier fourth person that just does the transportation side. So how is the sibling and cousin dynamic? Have they been like, how did you score that K? Yeah. So they probably are still wondering that, how that worked out. Um, but no, they know it's a good fit for me in the position that I'm in and you know, they're happy for me. So now will your son move into the family business? Right. I don't think so. I, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think so. Kind of the world is his oyster right now. He, he, currently wants to be a historian and but the ones that are on tv he told me um okay on uh him and my husband watch snippets from the men that built america and okay. when you know they have the scenes of what was going on and then the historian comes on to give his take and his explanation of what has happened that's what he would like to be he'd like to be sort of the historian narrator on television that is Quite a focused lens yes. of someone. Yes, he's very at that focused. Age. He gets it from his father, not from me. Scott's uh, focus, he definitely got that from him for sure. So, have you ever picked him up in a limo from like school? I did for the first time this year. Oh, just this is I the first did. time? For the first time this year on the last day of school. Okay. I picked him up in a limo and several of his friends, and it, they were super excited. It was adorable, and uh, they loved it. And so, I mean, I can't, uh, you know, spoil spoil that kid too much. You know, he helps me, though. My little boy, he'll help me clean on a busy weekend when all the cars are going out, I bring him with me. He helps me clean the tires. He wipes the floors and the seats and everything. He is going to learn just like I did uh, from an early age. Uh, you know, you got to earn your keep, especially in a family business. Oh my gosh, so, man. yeah, but he's he's been to dinner with us in the limos. And, you know, we super fun stuff to New Orleans. We do a little family tradition every year where we go to the Polar Express and we take a limo to dinner and to the Polar Express and something that he looks forward to every year. Right. And so <clears throat> that's really kind of our uh, tradition in the limo is something special around Christmas time that we do as a family. Well, and I think building in that responsibility element yes. of we don't just get this. That's right. We have to earn it. We have to work for it. And those weekends of, nope, we're not going to we can't go do X, Y, and Z activity you wanted to do. We've got to go and actually work on the cars and get yes. them prepped for the week like that. Teaching that understanding of responsibility of, oh, this is not just something that mom and dad show up with. <laughs> right. <laughs> they actually work for it and then like, oh, yeah, wipe this down, clean this and that. It's like it's it's teaching them the lessons of an honest day's work and that That's it right. required it's required from everybody regardless of who you are or who your parents are. you got to work for it. That's right. So I think that's that's powerful. Yeah, it's really cool, and it's been fun being able to work from home and my little boy to see me wear so many different hats in a day. Um, 
you know, going from a funeral to then getting a car ready for a bachelorette party, you know, is a very, it's it's quite a bit of a shift. So, you know, for him to see me, you know, shift to wearing so many different hats in a day has been a really cool thing to be able to share that with him. Oh yeah. I'm sure it opens up his mind to being whatever it is he wants to be. Yeah. Mom and daddy or whatever they want to be. be. Yeah, for sure. So that's, I, I think that's really cool. Um, all right. Well, as we start to kind of wind down the show, we have like a set list of questions we like to ask everybody. They're very, very hard hitting, very challenging questions that are just tough to get through. Okay. So we'll just start nice and easy. Okay. What is something you did as a kid you wish you could still do today? Um, eat macaroni all day and <laughs> not gain any weight. How's that for starters? That's perfect. <laughs> Uh, there, there is an element of eating anything you want that is lost with adulthood. Right, it's 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 lost quickly. Yes, you you can't just eat whatever you want. Your body's like you can do <laughs> yeah, it. You can't it do may not so end much. well for you. <laughs> okay, so within your career, you've done a lot. You've been to a university out of state, which Scott told me not to hold against you. Um, you've been to Sandessen <laughs> and worked your way up that ladder, then coming back and running a business for the last 15 years and growing it to what it is today while raising a child. You've probably learned a lot of lessons Mm -hmm. along the way. So what are three lessons you've gathered over the course of your career? Three lessons? Three lessons. Um, That one's too hard. That one's too hard? (laughs) That, you know, if you could have emailed me that in advance, that would have been great. And then I could have come up with a very philosophical, powerful it answer. Need to be sil- sil- uh, uh, philosophical yeah. or powerful. Just what have you learned doing this business? Uh, you got to work hard. Yeah. I mean, that's what I've learned more than anything. You know, sometimes when I guess people that you see in their career they're doing really well or you know they have all these accolades they worked hard for them they worked really hard for them and if you want to keep your business going uh you got to work hard for it yeah it doesn't come doesn't come free and easy right that's you right gotta, you've got to put in the hours i mean i think the the fact of you bringing your son with you to clean cars on a weekend goes to show that when you're an entrepreneur and you're running your own business, you don't get the luxury of saying, I'll call in on Monday. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, that's right. I'm, I'm, I'm out. For sure. That's, that's, I'll, I'll tell you, speaking of calling in on Monday, because I have been a one woman show for so long, um, so much responsibility falls on my shoulder. I mean, I remember, you know, giving birth to my son coming home two days later and sitting doing the payroll. What? Yeah. And so, you know, when, when, all of that falls on you. It doesn't matter if you've just had a kid or if you've just had surgery or whatever the case is, you know, you still, the show must go on. Now I've certainly have had people that, you know, have stepped in for a week or two to help me answer the calls or reservations, you know, when I've had a big life event happen. Um, but ultimately all the responsibility of my business falls on my shoulders. Yeah. You're, you're, you're the owner. You're the, the buck stops here. Yeah. It does. And so it's you can't pass it on to somebody else and that's that's just a part of being a business owner, being an entrepreneur. It's it's on you. That's right. It's on me. 
and you have to figure out how to deal with the rest of your life. <laughs> That's right. Outside right. of working hours. Yes. So what is something you love about Baton Rouge? Okay, so there's quite a few things. Hit me with them. Okay, that I love. Um, first, I'm going to talk about the restaurant circuit Let's because I'm really into food. Okay. So Zorba's. 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 It's a Greek restaurant. Barrett's getting, Barrett's oh, getting we've got, the we've got pumps, Somebody so else knows about this in the oh yeah, studio. Yeah, okay. Barrett knows about okay, it. Okay, Zorba's. What's a Zorba's? Zorba's is this fabulous family-owned, and that's another reason why I have a soft spot for them because they're a family-owned business. And uh, it's this little Greek bistro that is an absolute dream on Essen Lane. I know they've had a couple of locations in town through the years, but that's the only one that I know about. So if you're looking for Greek food, if you're looking to feel like family, uh, Zorba's is the place to go. Okay. Gino's. God love Gino's. it. God love it. You know, I mean, it's like sometimes I think that's what heaven might be like. You know, sitting in Gino's is like, you know, sitting next to Jesus. You know, it's just it's, it's got to it's got to be uh, uh, love Gino's. And then I love Tsunami as well. So, you know, that's kind of like my three go to favorites. You know, you end in a vowel, you know, your restaurant, you know, it, high chance you're going to find good. me there. It's automatically going to be good. And so those are three restaurants that I love about Baton Rouge. Um, uh, what else? I don't know, Barrett. We need to we need to pull that Geno's clip. Eating at Geno's, like eating next to Jesus. Yeah, it is. That's it is. that's the tagline. Uh, yeah. <laughs> eating next to Jesus. It is. It's true. It's it's what it, it's true. I so speak you, the truth. So you love the food. Yes. What else is it about Baton Rouge? You said about Baton Rouge yeah. that I love. Um, I love the LSU Lakes, and all which you're getting a facelift. Oh, uh, thank goodness! We live close to the LSU Lakes, so we're able to just kind of take a little jaunt and walk around and walk our dog in the evenings. And it's amazing to me that being in the middle of the city and all of the nature that is there, all the birds uh, that are there, and more birds that will be there as the lakes, uh, you know, get fixed up. But I love the uh, LSU Lakes. That's another great thing about Baton Rouge. I also love uh, my church, Sacred Heart Church. It's a great place in Baton Rouge. And uh, I love my high school that I went to in Baton Rouge, St. Joseph's Academy. St. Joseph's. Oh, great place. My uh, wife went there. Oh, it's wonderful. Um, uh, the community there is a lifelong community you know you don't just go to school there and then you leave i'm in an alumni group and was talking with some alumni today i need a new website and i've got someone geared up we've been messaging each other all day because i want to do business you know with an alum and a female who owns her own business and so it's just super cool to be able to uh continue to network with people that you went to high school with. I, when I when I went to college, people didn't have that with their high schools. They're like, oh, got to get out of there. Or, you know, <laughs> oh, I'm so happy to see that go. And that's not really uh, what they build at the academy. You know, they build it as a lifelong thing. So I love uh, St. Joseph's Academy. And um, there's a group of volunteers right now. Another thing that I love is this uh, 
storm water coalition group that's working really hard to clean up the litter and the storm drains and get all of that working better, which is something our community needs so desperately. And uh, I'm really proud of that group that's getting that together. And I hope to be involved with them in the future. But that's something that I'm really loving about Baton Rouge right now is citizens stepping up to the plate and getting their own groups together to get some of the big jobs done. Yeah. I mean, they've got quite a few in the Baton Rouge area doing like litter litter patrol yes, and garbage wonderful. cleanup. You've got um, Keep Baton Rouge Beautiful yes. or no Keep Tiger Town Beautiful, and then you've got Clean Pelican and some other yes, Clean Pelican. All that of that, are, that is just so wonderful. Amazing. It's amazing. So that that makes me proud. Oh yeah, and happy for Baton Rouge people taking taking control and saying this is our city. Yeah, we've got to do something it, about it, right. it. Yeah, yeah. So for the final question, what can I do to help you? Um, well, you can start by booking your family trip transportation to Banff. I've got lots of luggage space for you. We can, we can talk, I'll email you a quote tomorrow. How's perfect. that? That's perfect. Okay. I need some, I need some alternative transportation right. methods. I'll hook you up. Well, thank you so much, Kay, for coming on the show. Um, what is the easiest way for people to get a hold of you, whether it's to book, book a transportation with you or just to learn a little bit more about what you do? Yeah, sure. So uh, you can give me a call. Uh, 225-344-0022 or you can shoot me an email that works too k-a-y at prolimo.com those are the best ways to get me love it love it. that's the second person to put their phone number on the show we'll see what happens yeah well okay it's thank- a good number it is a good look that 225 i love me some 225 area codes yeah it's great so thank you so much Kay, for coming on the yeah, show thank you for having me i had me. a blast learning about your business and that it's there's a lot more to the beach than just being a beach bum. That's right. A lot to learn out there. So thank you so much for coming on. And thank you, everybody else, for tuning in, whether you are listening to us or you're watching us. I really appreciate you continuing to follow the show, and I know the guests do as well. If you are looking for a transportation method that is an alternative to Uber, you want something to do a little more classiness with your event, make sure you give Pro Limo a shout and check out all the things they have to offer within their fleet. They'll be sure to take care of you from the start to the very end. And thank you so very much to the wonderful sponsors that make this show possible each and every week, coming to you live with their help. You're going to hear a little bit more about them right now. Thank you all so very much for listening to this episode of the Patty G Show brought to you by Government Taco. They're located on the corner of Government Street and Jefferson Highway. Jay is always slinging up a new taco of the month. So if you're a frequenter to Government Taco, let us know in the comments what you thought about this month's taco of the month. If you're not a frequenter, maybe trying out this month's taco might just convert you. Big thanks over to them at Government Taco for making the Patty G Show possible. Sell your home for a $399 flat fee with Falaya. No, seriously. Falaya will list your home on the MLS and help you get all the way to the closing table for as little as a $399 flat fee. Our online platform is insanely easy to use and will save you thousands. If you're thinking about selling your home in 2022 and want to keep more of your hard-earned equity in your pocket, you need to check out Falaya. Falaya. Real estate reimagined. Thank you to Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge for making this show possible. Nick Pentis is a past guest. We love having him on. Listening to him talk about the culture they have over at Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge is really an incredible thing to hear. How they treat not only their employees, but every customer that walks through the door. You are more than just a number to them. They're going to give you that white glove concierge service 
every step of the way. They're going to make you feel like family and take what can be a stressful time in people's life. Shopping for a car, they're going to make it so enjoyable and so pleasurable. You're going to want to go back there time and time again for every new vehicle. Thank you so very much for Mercedes-Benz of making this show possible. Thank you so very much to Mallard Bay Outdoors, the Airbnb for the outdoor sportsmen. If you're looking to book a hunt or a fishing trip, this is the platform to use. They were a past guest of the Patty G Show. We got to learn all about what they're doing from the ground up. They are really revolutionizing the booking process for hunts and fish all across the country. For your next hunting or fishing experience, or maybe your corporate retreat, you're looking for something to do for your employees, book a hunt or a fishing trip with Mallard Bay Outdoors, and they will take care of you every step of the way from organizing it with the guides and the captains to making sure you can take care of them at the end of the trip. Mallard Bay Outdoors, a proud sponsor of the Patty G Show. Imagine taxiing on a plane looking toward the end of the runway. It seems so far away, it's even hard to see it. And that's what the concept of retirement probably felt like when you were in your 20s, 30s, and 40s, way far in the distance, not visible or even a concern. But as you turn 50, something happens. Retirement suddenly seems like something real, something not too far away. In your 50s, you are rolling down the runway. Retirement is getting closer and closer, faster and faster, weeks and months zipping by. But are you even ready for a successful takeoff to retirement? Fear not, there's still runway left. But the time is now. Time to make progress and time to get a plan. The Runway Decade will help you get organized, get energized, and give you the direction you need to take off to your desired retirement. The Runway Decade, building a pre-retirement flight plan in your 50s. Thank you so very much to Currency Bank, a proud sponsor of the Patty G Show. If you are looking for a business bank that fosters on three core values, relationships, service, and technology, Currency Bank is the place for you. They pride themselves on convenient, accessible, and secure online banking resources where you can manage your account balances, initiate transfers, enroll with e-statements, and more via their online portal. Between the relationships, the service, and the technology, they are going to be that partner with your business every step of the way, regardless of what you need. Currency Bank is the bank for business owners.